Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on tonight's episode oh, yes. of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamflick to review AEW Dynamite. And yes, if it sounds a little bit different, it is because we are in a completely different location, a completely different continent, Michael Hamflick. Uh, we are here in Dallas, Texas, as part of WrestleMania weekend. And to kick it off, we went to a sports bar, having had... Well, we've been awake for more than 24 hours now. Yeah. And we watched AEW Dynamite without the sound. So some of these promos, <laughs> I'm going to put this out there right now. We didn't know what they said. But what did you make of the show and how is your trip to America so far? So here's the thing. I feel like a disclaimer right out the gate is that um, although we got to watch it at 7 o'clock with food that wasn't cereal <laughs> uh, in a pub amongst some other wrestling fans, by the way, who yes. said hello to it, if you're listening. Like, thank you for saying hello. We welcome that over the weekend. Anybody listening to Sound My Voice right now, come and say hello, because it will make all my friends and my oh. wife in exceedingly jealous to tell them this happened. Or so, shout 2.0! 2.0! Out of the side of a taxi. I'm going to get the, the name of the, the awesome lad that did that, because he replies to me on Twitter about this. But what I was going to say was, all that is to say, um, don't think that we are being led by the biases of the joy of watching Dynamite at 7pm nope. uh, Dallas time because as you pointed out we're also about 25 hours into our day at this point <laughs> so it had to be a show first world we, problems but granted of course it had to be the point I'm making is it had to be a show that kept us excited enough mm -hmm. to stay awake if it was a drab show I think we'd have flagged I think we'd have struggled but we're not flagging now as we record this you weren't flagging with Simon Miller when you discussed the breaking news which you seem to drop on your podcast feeds and on YouTube wherever you get them against the backdrop of the beautiful Dallas night sky oh. um, it was a cool dynamite and I will say for the promos we had the subtitles on when we could get them couldn't we and it speaks to the quality of the characterization on Dynamite because, as you say, tonight we lost out on the intonation of the voices. We kind of had to assume for ourselves the way in which these wrestlers were putting their points across. But from what we could read and what we could gather from the visuals, it was still pretty awesome. Mm. So that tells me that AEW are still doing a pretty great job. 
Absolutely. Uh, let's dive straight into it then. Um, obviously, the headline news, Tony Storm being All Elite, we will get to. Uh, but the show opened um, with Max Caster versus the voice of the Moistless, <laughs> in his words. Um, and yes, congratulations to you if you guessed that Max Caster would be the first on AEW to make a reference to Will Smith's slap. And it felt like there were either references to or just direct homages to throughout this show. Um, but yes, CM Punk versus Max Caster, as, as usual with an acclaimed match, we did get in the involvement of Anthony Bowens. Uh, the first of many pile drivers on mm, this show. Yes. Um, but in the end, CM Punk won via the Anaconda Vice submission. A fairly straightforward victory, I think it's fair to say. But crucially here, a as he always seems to look now after his matches, bedraggled CM Punk, <laughs> uh, reasserting his challenge for the world title and saying he wants to become world champion and basically will do anything and calling out not only the current world champion, but presumably the number one contender, Hangman Page, and of course, Adam Cole, baby. A load to love about this as a way to start the show. Um, hugely enjoyable match, uh, yet again with Max Caster, finding just the right balance between an obvious... An obvious loser in the match. We often say this about these dynamites like main event guy versus obvious loser guy. Yeah. But not remotely sacrificing his credibility or indeed the credibility of the acclaimed to do it. Like a really creditable showing from him despite the fact that it was inevitable that he'd come out on the losing end. Not mm-hmm. least because obviously getting dropped with a power driver and an icon device there is no shame in getting defeated that way. Um, but I thought both men looked great here. Uh, the promo itself was really tremendous and nice detail because last week we talked about obviously CM Punk doing the gesture and them kind of being a bit like what's he doing well, he wants, what belt's he referring to he wants, mm. he wants the AW world title and the things we were kind of like speculating out loud was well how do you tie CM Punk to Hangman Page well it turns out you don't you tie CM Punk to the prize he's fighting for which is the belt itself I thought it was quite nice for a wrestler to cast doubt on Page versus Cole yes. when none of us are that result to us is an inevitability, but CM Punk respects the process too much. He respects both both the Adams too much to assume a result. And I just think that's quite nice. This is a guy that not only runs his own race in the ring, but he watches the race that everybody else is running too Indeed. because he wants to be world champion. This is why he came back. He came back to see if he was still the best and how else do you do that? But by monitoring the competition and obviously ascending to the throne. And I just thought this was tremendous economical stuff. A really, a nice, like... Nice rather than great, but its intentions were pretty great. Yes. And I still can't wait for Punk to be in the picture permanently. Like, like we're, we're getting shown it now. I want to see him and Paige finally interacting when it is indeed Paige that inevitably retains at Battle of the Beats. Yeah, and me and Miller sort of alluded to this on the news as well. The fact that Punk implied he'd do pretty much anything to become world champion. Yeah, this is always what we said, wasn't it? He's a, a character that, when required can either play situational heel mm-hmm. or just turn up the snark a little bit in the baby face actor. <laughs> Guy, I, I said this when Meltzer first released those numbers that uh, credit to Hangman Page because uh, Revolution is set to be the uh, second most bought pay-per-view in AEW history after um, All Out 2021. It was like, well, who's the other guy that could claim both of those numbers? <laughs> so you kind of can have any version you want of CM Punk at this point. He was able to out-manipulate the master manipulator in MJF. With all due respect to Hangman Page, or indeed the rest of the roster, everybody else is kind of chump change mm-hmm. compared to MJF. And he, he beat him, 
so everybody else is kind of on notice once this punk is locked in. Exactly. Uh, speaking of MJF, he was uh, backstage next with the uh, other members of the Pinnacle, specifically FTR. Um, that big stupid oaf he said didn't exist. I'm not going to say it. You can say his name if you want. <laughs> who's, he, who's he referring to? He's referring to the war dog, Wardlow. Adam Wilborn. As well you know. War Pigmore, right? <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, the big stupid oaf doesn't exist. He said the minute pinnacle are moving on, uh, and there's a bit of, well, more than a bit of friction there mm. between uh, Dax and Cashin and Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And uh, but Max puts it all to bed by saying, "Hey, we're not friends. We're goddamn family. We're goddamn family." MJF trying to turn on being a Southern wrestling guy <laughs> to get back on the level, <laughs> spotting as we all did last week, the gradual shift away from the pinnacle that FDR seems to be undergoing. This was the point at which um, Smart Mark Sterling slid into shot with the Wardlow printouts uh, to not let the man in the building, let the man in the ring. And then well, I would, cut, he's, not, he's not employed by AW. So. And then we cut back to the ring and there's 50 of them <laughs> plastered around the barricades. So that was the guarantee. There was the visual reminder that we definitely, absolutely, categorically will not see Wardlow in this building tonight. Indeed. Uh, we cut back to the ring though for uh, the first of both members of the Blackpool Combat Club mm. in action. Um, Danielson later on did have Regal, not necessarily in his corner, but at least on commentary. Moxley did not. Mm. And uh, well, He's into it, he's wearing the hoodie. Mm. He's banging at this. What can possibly go wrong for John Moxley? John Moxley uh, fought Jay Lethal. Uh, intriguing this, because obviously Lethal's been referencing some sort of shift in himself or, or mm. his plans or whatever. Something's got to change is what he's been talking about recently. Uh, but he did not get back to winning ways here. They beat the crap out of each other. Um, and Moxley looked like he was going to win, you know, uh, earlier than anticipated with the paradigm shift. But his knee gave out after uh, Jay Lethal targeted that. Um, Jay Lethal hit the elbow drop, but uh, Moxley kicked out and then hit the paradigm shift later on, out of nowhere to get the victory. Handshakes afterwards. But yeah, Jay Lethal's something's got to change attitude is, is seemingly set to continue. And yes, another victory for Moxley, who's having a lovely time being part of this new combat club. Yeah, um, super, super competitive uh, <coughs> loss for Jay Lethal. He hung in there with uh, John Moxley, even though, that, again, like it was one of the ones where the result was never totally in doubt. Um, I quite liked the nature of the finish here. We were talking during the match itself of, I think you were wanting or hoping for a le like a supreme lethal injection counter or something like that. Yeah. But what I quite liked with this feeling, like it was a little bit out of nowhere, was that Moxley is a top guy <laughs> and top guys hit their big moves out of nowhere and they put you down and they put you out. Jay Lethal is a guy that is currently backsliding a little bit and this was never really going to be the night that he was going to arrest that slide. He hesitated on shaking the hand at first before Alex to do so. Like Rampage, this didn't necessarily put up a 50-foot sign saying heel turn, but this certainly put up a 40-foot high sign saying something's not quite right yeah. and eventually someone's going to like pay the penance for this. Just a, I, I didn't love this, but it was just supremely well-worked and incredibly hard-fought for what was like... What was just never in doubt? The mm. forearms, the two were lobbing each other. Oh, we were days. we were sat with a privilege as it was tonight to watch Dynamite Live with Simon Miller, by the way, because the insights you get from a man that can like talk about it like we do, but also go out there and do it yes. in a way that we would never be brave enough to. He was selling those forearms from his chair in the pub, and I just every time he looked up and they were swinging the minute each other's heads, points of elbows Ooh. hitting edges of cheeks, holding back, all in the safe spaces, but it just looked like it absolutely knacked. So I got way more out of this than I expected to. 
And you really enjoyed the Marina Shafir promo that we got after this as well. Yeah, so I was advised to look into what Marina Shafir has been doing on Dark. And this was, having having like skimmed the highlights myself, I was given a neatly packaged version of it. They've had her as a bit of a, like more rugged, harder edged submission specialist rather than the kind of, they used to kind of play with her fun side in NXT when she was alongside Shayna Baszler. And then she just played forever yeah. when Shayna Baszler left for the main roster. So it's been pretty cool to see her in this role. And as we've said before, as was the case with Layla Hirsch, mm-hmm. when a character is developing on Dark and they give you 30 seconds to a minute of that development, it probably means something. It probably represents that, like, Marina Shafir is somebody that they need to worry about. There was um, the illusion later on in the show to somebody that could have fit the description of Marina Shafir. It feels like doing that is a way to soft launch a bigger angle for that character. Yeah. So I really like, again, not only did I like what we saw, I like the execution of it too. Absolutely. Uh, and then in terms of matches, we got FTR versus Gun Club. Uh, FTR, like you say, this slow shift of theirs. And as part of that, they, the obnoxious but brilliantly uh, established Gun Club <laughs> with their names and their gear and, of course, Billy Gunn at ringside. It just works so well. And, um, yeah, the story of this match was FTR was generally in control because they are mm. one of the best tag teams, of course, in AEW, if not in the world. But at one point, um, I think Cash Wheeler was in there and either Austin or Colton uh, got involved on the outside and then the other one took the referee, who was the legal man. And whilst all this was going on, Billy Gunn just absolutely chins Cash Wheeler. <laughs> That allows them to then isolate Cash as we go through a break. And when we come back, they are still in control. But Austin Gunn gets caught taking the piss and sort of mimicking the the slide that both members of FTR enjoy doing in mm. terms of, oh, you about to get back to your corner? Nah, psych, you're not got a chance of that. And, uh, well, Cash has sort of learned from doing that himself, one would assume. Manages to get to Dax, Dax who comes in and takes over. This was the point... That uh, that obnoxious oaf sod <laughs> ploughing through everyone. I, I, I'm sure he does listen. We all know that. I hope he's listening to this, and I hope he's remembering who it is that's calling him this. I want it very clear that like I'm speaking on behalf of myself and Michael Sidgwick when it's Adam Wilborn on these podcasts. And Adam I'm Wilborn behalf, on, on behalf of myself and my best friend Maxwell Jacob, <laughs> who we should have been more grateful to, in my opinion. But yes, Wardlow, if we have to call him by his name, <laughs> Wardlow just starts wrecking dudes backstage. People with just the word staff written on their really? t-shirt come in one at a time and just get clobbered. One of them uh, gets slammed into a table. It doesn't break, which <laughs> oh, always looks God. even better. Um, and uh, yeah, security come and eventually the numbers game catches up to him. They don't beat him up, but they just sort of drag him out as he's yelling and screaming at Maxwell, who's on commentary for all this. Um, and then, yes, this distracts from the match. You almost see FTR lose as a result of this. Billy Gunn tries to get involved again, hopping up on the apron. But FTR get the victory via the big rig. But they weren't happy afterwards. No, I thought this was all so tremendous. FTR and the Gun Club were having a, a really fabulous little match in terms of further babyface and FTR. You had them, as you say, the Gun Club taking the FTR heat spots as a way to set up an FTR hot tag. What a nice, neat way that was after last week's, like quasi babyface turn for FTR the Wardlow stuff was just something that I don't think at this point WWE can do as well as AEW they are the best at doing this 
frantic energy chaos type segment mm. on Dynamite. The people, Wardlow looked like his fists came with like Sonic the Hedgehog springs attached because the way these staff were just bouncing off the guy, like it was absolutely incredible to watch the visuals. Just the table bump was brutal. One of them flew at him with such veros- like velocity that I thought it was a fan. Yeah, like he hit him, like he just sort of committed so much. I thought, wow, somebody from the seats has actually taken the swing for Wardlow, and Wardlow sent him into the fiftieth row. Like it was just such a compelling. Um, march through these staff to get to MJF and then of course obviously he gets held off as you say he's not really taken down he's just taken out of the theatre of mm-hmm. conflict and I loved as well how FTR got back under con- uh, got things back under control um, Cash doing the Beverly Brothers leapfrog over to put himself physically in between Billy Gunn and Dax who of course we know there is tension yeah. Dax telling that story on the podcast on Renee's podcast the other week about all of DX other than Sean Waltman kind of taking the piss out of him on that Raw show. We knew mm-hmm. there was tension. The, the wonderful visual of just Cash getting in the middle and saying, back to business, to lead right into the big rig. So slick, so cool. FTR saying, nice one, go club, but you can't out FTR, FTR. And then all of that logically feeds into them getting narked with MJF because it's why you letting mm-hmm. your business get in the way of ours. Really, really cleanly presented. Again, we're watching without sound. We've got to discern some of the messaging. I'm sure the commentary was great but we didn't need it to be able to thread those storylines together. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 
$500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, and then we got a uh, promo with Powerhouse Hobbs and greetings, Gidley. <laughs> now, I'll be honest, we couldn't hear a word of this, uh, but I'm fairly certain I translated this perfectly because we know about Powerhouse Hobbs saying, oh, come on, you know all about the, the, uh, the, the what was it you said? You know all about the power slam or whatever it yeah. is, yeah, baby, to, to Keith Lee. And Keith Lee said, oh, young gentleman, I shall see you on Friday Eve. And they're going to fight on Rampage, and we'll preview that, of course. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, these two are just destined to, to have an epic against yeah. each other. What we couldn't hear didn't matter, because what we could see made you want to watch more of it. Incredible shape the powerhouse Hobbs has got himself mm. into once again. Uh, and, again, this was another one that was followed by uh, something where we couldn't hear exactly what was being said. But we got the gist. It was the Jericho Appreciation Society. We're talking Daniel Goss here. We're talking Jake Hager. We're call- talking Chris Jericho, of course. And we're talking Daddy Magic, Magic and Cool Hand Ange, uh, who just, <laughs> despite the fact I couldn't hear them, stole the show, in my opinion. I cannot stop looking at Matt Minard in these promos. And Matt does the whole, whoa, well, should we have a check to see if the there's a peak? Let's have a see if they're on this curtain. And they weren't. And I think it was Jake Hager, wasn't it, on yeah. the other side? Opens it up. But who has stood there? Then none other than Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz. And I think Santana and Ortiz twat Jake Hager with the old slapjack or whatever it wants it to be called. It might have been a sock full of quarters, you know. Could it, was, have been. it was swinging. Whatever it was, it was swinging. It laid him out, basically, and it allowed them to get the surprise attack and beat up the Jericho Appreciation Society, despite the fact they had the numbers advantage. Um, and they were beating him up, then beating him around ringside. We got a spinning back fist from Eddie Kingston when they got him down and, and got Jericho into the ring. But thankfully, Cool Hand Ange and Jake Hager, they eventually made the save as, as Garcia and, and as Matt Minard and Jericho, as you mentioned, were getting beaten up. And then Daniel Garcia, who, by the way, was sort of wearing a Stephanie McMahon Kangol hat, mm, I noticed. Good spot, that. Earlier on. Uh, he locks the walls of Jericho on Kingston, who then subsequently gets whipped with the be- with a belt yeah. as well. Um, just wonderful developments with this storyline. A tremendous heat angle. This this was proper. Like when we say "have your cake and eat it too," it often is a criticism because it's like well, you can't really do that because you've just done that. In this case, AW weren't just having a cake and eating it too. They were having the cake, eating some of it, and then giving the rest to us. <laughs> like, what a fabulous bit of business this was. So the Jericho Appreciation Society cut this really funny promo. They're kind of just being grandiose. They're being daft. Uh, they're doing their, oh, maybe they're behind the curtain. And you think it's going to be another teaser week, don't you? You don't imagine it's only the second week of this tease behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. He's not possibly going to be there. Only he is. So they're paying this off now. And because obviously they're getting sprung upon, you get the awesome catharsis and this like spread from the interview area through the backstage area to the ring and the baby faces are in charge and it's this really awesome feeling that the baby faces are finally like getting some getting something back on these arseholes that took them down a few weeks ago. Not only that, you then get the heels reasserting control to remind you that numbers matter, stables matter, manpower matters. We were talking like a few weeks ago on the podcast and it came back in conversation between us tonight there are two men that we can kind of all assume would fit perfectly right now against a bunch of sports entertainers <laughs> but who's to say who is to say that 
John Moxley will be able to convince Brian Danielson that they should pair with his old mate Eddie yeah. He's going to want to help, but mm-hmm. might that drive further dissension between the Blackpool Combat Club, which itself is still a fairly fragile new unit? All really thrilling stuff, but what we were shown here was proof that you can absolutely, because numbers matter, have heels like out-muscle baby faces in an unfair fight. Mm. Eddie Kingston and Proud and Powerful are hard as... You absolutely wouldn't want to be anywhere near them on the wrong side of a fight with them. No. But five on three is five on three. And now they need to find two more bodies. And that in itself is going to be another cool development to get to this point. We are... I didn't think I'd be campaigning for this now that the crowds are back, now that we don't need it. I think I want Stadium Stampede 3. Oh, wow. I want to give them a chance to make it 2-1 after extra time because I didn't really love Stadium Stampede 2. But I have a lot of faith in the all the components to make this truly, truly great. And like Eddie Kingston getting to stand tall after all of that would be quite a special moment on Dublin Nothing as well. Mm. Start making it a Dublin Nothing tradition, perhaps, because they have arrived at a potential 5-on-5 here quite nicely. That's a hell of a shout, that is. Um, Jade Cargill's there. It's a busy night for Smart Mark Sterling. Mm. Uh, talking about who she's going to face next. And there are two options. It's either uh, the librarian or some MMA fighter, basically. Yeah. And... Well, it didn't seem like she didn't want to really face either. She was sort of not asked about facing uh, the librarian. And then when the alternative was presented, she was like, oh, I kind of really don't want to face the other one either. I don't know exactly what she's settled on here, but it's Jay Cargill, it's green lighting. She looks amazing. I'm kind of going to give this a pass. Yeah, green hair's going to smash blue pants in no time. Isn't she? <laughs> like, Jade Cargill's going to destroy the librarian. We we're disadvantaged here so like welcome we welcome the explanation in the replies um, if you listen to us and, like, uh, and then want to reply to the tweets it appeared that it was Marina Shafir or Paige Van Zandt didn't it there was the implication of a MMA hard nut that she didn't really yes. like really want a piece of but beyond that it, like this is one of them cheeky 30 second rampage squashes yeah. in, in waiting isn't it uh, Brian Danielson versus Wheeler Utah came next lots of Lots of wrestling yeah. early on in this. Just them out-wrestling each other and both of them kind of getting knocked, particularly if you're Brian Danielson, by being shown up on occasion. Um, there was gonna, it was going to get worse, but this was another big slap fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was either a, a, an homage to Will Smith or, of course, the Blackpool Combat Club and William Regal and yeah. his history of backhanders, basically. Uh, there was also some sort of chop-off in this match oh man Paul Wheeler Uta's chest just oh what a sight it was it's ruled so hard but by hard I just mean how much they were laying this stuff in and, and it, yeah and it seemed to be going to a relatively straightforward conclusion uh, Danielson gets Wheeler Uta in position just starts battering him with elbows and we go okay we know what's happening here and then Wheeler Uta fires up oh. gets Danielson in position and, and, and hits him back with just as many brutal looking elbows eventually uh, Danielson cut off the uh, fire up from Wheeler Yuta with the Busaiku knee and sets up to do the stomps on the face only for Wheeler Yuta what were you thinking to spit in his face that only fired Danielson up more and he he stomped his head in basically uh, hit him with a pile driver and then put him in a submission a cross face submission the ref just just called it there thankfully for Wheeler Yuta but I mean what a case Yuta has made for himself in the Blackpool Combat Club and uh yeah, I, I never want to step between the ropes if Danielson's anywhere near a ring. Utterly fantastic this was. First of all, yet again, 
the uh, conscious effort of everybody to do everything they can to get Wheelie Eater over is so admirable and such a worthy cause as well because he's clearly got it. He's everything that everybody says he is. He belongs in the combat club or he belongs amongst an elite stable of wrestlers, if not the combat club, the whole deal. Wheelie Eater is for real. Brian Danielson. Like, we run out of superlatives to talk about. We do run out of superlatives to talk about this man. But all I can think, in a slightly adult state at this point, is to isolate one particular spot that had us all, again, in a pub with multiple sports on. And you kind of don't want to necessarily show yourself up, you know, a big... We're we're a nice bunch. But a big gang of daft Brits abroad (laughs) getting overexcited at the wrestling. But the point at which Brian trapped Uta's head between his leg and the point of his arm and started raining down mm-hmm. with those blows only for you to reverse it and do it to him the sheer cheek of that had us all thinking oh god when Danielson gets out of this you're in trouble <laughs> so you're already thinking Uta that's really cool that you've tried that but like not today pal and then he spits in his face doubles down on the sheer bullheadedness mixed with a little bit of bravery because he's about to get stomped. He knows he's beat. That is the worst possible time to spit in Brian Anderson's face when he's holding your hands and he's got his oh, boots yeah. ready to just like cram your head on the floor. And by the way, the boots were, I don't want to whether or not to credit the boots, just laying them in or you to sell him. But that head bouncing off the canvas <laughs> when he took those boots. Goodness gracious me. This was every bit as violent. This is the sort of violence that makes Blackpool the place that hosts a combat club, not a place that we would recommend our American listeners God to go and no. visit on holiday. Um, not, Texas is lovely. But... Go to Dallas. Treat yourself to Dallas. Lovely place. Blackpool, not so hot. Lots of this. Um, and that's just the hen parties. Like, yeah. it, it, this was incredible. This was legitimately incredible. I love this wheelie to push so much. Uh, and I love Brian Danielson and John Moxley and William Regal's involvement in it even yeah, I, ma- I imagine he was tremendous on commentary I guess it's one of those things I'm going to have to go back and watch um, in terms of just being able to hear what William Regal's got to say yeah. as, as Danielson's caving wheelie you his skull in basically then we got the Undisputed Era champion no the Undisputed Elite mm. Championship celebration because um, they've stolen all the belts Adam Cole's <laughs> got the world title and Red Dragon have got the tag team titles and they've put stickers over it to say that they're the world champions basically uh, there's even some balloons in a box uh, <laughs> five like, five yeah balloons. technically um, and uh, Cole gets on the mic and says oh, they're, they're, the real title holders they're not here tonight they're ashamed um, and he says well, you know, people have said that we've stolen these belts well you can't steal something that belongs to you he said, AW needs a new era. Uh, but then Hing, here comes, uh, whilst, uh, sorry, I should point out, after Kyle O'Reilly had cut a promo and said, he'd forgotten what he wanted to say, but basically they ruled and he needed to have a lie down. <laughs> and he put his head between his knees in the middle of the ring. Here comes Hangman Page in a cowboy-themed Tesla, I think is the mm-hmm. best way of putting it. And he beat them all up, basically. He was just so fired up. He was... Reminding everyone why he's world champion. Jurassic Express get involved in the beatdown. And everyone gets their belts back. I'm obviously too stupid to get the joke. Unless the joke is that AEW just love gas stuff. As to why Hangman Page came out in that. But the attack itself was tremendous. He he fought for what was right by himself. Mm-hmm. So he definitely would have retrieved the belts on his own. Again, <coughs> he's just being booked like a supreme babyface champion. He can run this roster he can like the lay of the land in his hands is in good stead 
But when the undisputed elite tried to escape, they were still made to pay the penance by Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. So they got all they needed from the segment without it diminishing from Hangman mm-hmm. Page. You saw the baby faces getting to dominate, to retrieve the belts back. And it's quite nice that they've got them back at the first attempt. Stolen belt stuff, as we kind of alluded to last week, borders on that kind of tropey yes. WWE. We can't really think of anything more for these to do. And they've got everything they need to get out of it. And then they've reset and we're back mm. to where we're five billions in a box is really funny Kyle O'Reilly forgetting his words whether or not that was intentional work or shoot whatever was quite funny Bobby Fish picking up the mantle and carrying straight on was yep. equally great like you know age before beauty when it comes to Fish and O'Reilly <laughs> just a really tremendous bit of business yet again for being frank two matches that are uh, were done yeah. You know, we're kind of we're, oh, done, yeah. we're done with both of these pairings as we keep saying but they're finding ways to make the individual segments entertain enough that you quite like watching them interact I continue to just love Hangman Page the world mm. champion he's he's starting now it's took quite a while but a babyface champion should feel like your guy the sheriff of the town all that kind of stuff Hangman Page is absolutely there uh, from the men's world champion to the women's world champion out comes Thunder Rosa uh, who doesn't get interrupted for once this week she says she wants to be the face of all women's wrestling uh, she talked about being a pillar. She says she didn't want to be a pillar. She wanted to be a foundation because pillars get knocked down, but foundations remain. She will fight Nyla Rose effectively anywhere, is what she implied here. And later on, Nyla Rose, uh, alongside Vicky Guerrero, cutting a promo saying she was going to grant Thunder Rosa's wish and, and write it in blood. And she was a cornerstone and what have you here. Far better than what they did last week, this. It is, yeah. It's, it's still a bit basic. I, I don't know why they've got this. It's the Hangman Page thing again. I don't know why they don't want to build the momentum of a champion winning a title by just sending them out there to wrestle the following week. Thunder Rose is two weeks into this title reign. We've seen her cut one promo and get interrupted in another. It's not the most energetic and dynamic way to start a title reign. and It's something that we see them do quite mm. a lot. Um, but stronger than last week, it's just the story itself is too basic to feel mega invested. I, I think Nyla Rose is tremendous. Piss funny, totally believable Glad in the she matches. Glad got a bit of time on the mic. Yeah, yeah, all this, all this sort of stuff, like full of love and full of praise for her. But it's too much of a foregone conclusion for you to really buy into the content. Mm. Uh, FTR challenged the Young Bucks to a second match between the two of them, which got all of us very mm. excited. And then it was time to reveal the mystery opponent for the Bunny in the Owen Hart Qualifier Tournament thing. And it was, as I mentioned at the beginning. Tony Storm, she is all elite. Hell of a get for AEW, um, especially considering how poorly she was used on WWE's main roster. Uh, And she drop kicked the bunny right in the face (laughs) quite early on in this. Uh, Hell of a showcase for her. Yes, there were some near falls for Bunny, um, but the Tony Storm. We're looking for the Storm Zero, the Storm One, or whatever it may Mm. be. Uh, And the bunny had attempted to do the whole down the rabbit hole sort of thing. And got some near falls, as I mentioned, from all of this. But it was sort of a, a another pile driver, effectively, got a, got a victory here. Yeah, I, Phil Chambers spotted this one, like a Mick Foley pulling pile driver for the win. Not a problem, not against it. It's a totally convincing and believable way for Tony Storm to beat the bunny. A tremendous get, as you say. This match, this match was good. Um, a, like a, a better than solid tournament qualifier, but it's what it represented more than anything else. This was supposed to be Tony Storm's return to the ring. Um, it was never going to be anything more than a fairly straightforward win over the Bunny, who, 
you know, we've been at pains to give her more credit to you than she perhaps deserves. She's been in a few of these matches now where she's put in a very creditable performance, but she's there to be a designated jobber to the stars. Yeah. But a jobber to the stars she was because they've just signed a star in Tony Storm. That reaction when she came out, like we, My word. we could see it on the screen. So we went and located it on Twitter to hear it for ourselves. Like that was the arrival of a star. I know AEW sign a lot of people and thus debut a lot of people but they don't all get massive pops it's not a guarantee that somebody's going to come out and get that huge reaction mm. she's now an immediate favourite for the Owen Hart Foundation Cup and that's cool too that's already made that tournament feel prestigious there's only one woman in it absolutely yeah really really good stuff uh, and yeah excited to see what they do next now Tony Storm is all elite then we got the Nyla Rose promo and then main event time it was Darby Allen versus Andrade this is a match we've uh, speculated about for a long time it seems to have been building for a long time and uh, yeah they didn't hold back in this main event um, immediately as Darby Allen makes his entrance on his skateboard Andrade does this sort of twisting corkscrew flip dive thing onto him uh, ringside and they just fight around ringside for the first sort of five minutes here he beat him up he chucked him into barricades and what have you um, uh, and Darby made a bit of a fight back and did that whole you remember when he did it with the, the, the thumbnail thumbtacks on the bottom of the skateboard this was just just this was <laughs> just a skateboard that he did hitting it off the back of um, off the back of Andrade uh, jumping onto him basically a sort of foot stomp helped by the, by the uh, skateboard um, but this wasn't enough to uh, to put Andrade down and he caught Darby Allen as he was going for some big leaping move whether it was uh, coming off the steps or uh, after that was coming off uh, diving out of the audience anyway he got suplexed Darby Allen did into the steps that bent horribly on that um, and eventually uh, he gets battered into the ring to start the actual match um, it looks like Andrade's got a fairly straightforward win but uh, as Andrade's pinning him Darby reaches through his legs and grabs the ropes for uh, a uh, breaking up of the pinfall a rope break Darby made a comeback hitting the code red uh, there was some just really brutal kicks in the corner to, uh, to come back from Andrade I've just written the word in all caps here just slaps <laughs> because yeah they just got into basically a huge slap fight then there was lots of a belt stuff I'm not talking <laughs> about world title belts I'm talking about the far more painful stuff that goes in your jeans basically that allowed Darby Allen to make some sort of comeback and he hit that stunner thing that he does flipping over Andrade and uh, yeah then it all just it got all pretty wild then uh, there's a flip off the top I thought Andrade was about to die briefly thankfully not uh, and a submission got in there this brings out Jose to try and break it up but before he can get down to the ring and get involved Sting attacks him from behind here come Butcher and Blade to get involved as well and, uh, and beat down Sting and that allows Andrade to recover get Darby Allen and hit that brutal looking hammerlock DDT of his for the one, two, three. Andrade beats Darby Allen uh, there was a post-match beatdown private party got involved and of course the Hardys made the save with Jeff Hardy hitting a particularly rough looking <laughs> Swanton Bomb onto I believe it was Mark Quinn this time uh, a wild brawl effectively to close the show after this bonkers main event yeah high expectations on this and it still somehow exceeded and confounded them the 
I guess there was a kind of question here. Is like, uh, is there a limit to Andrade's cruelty? And, and the answer was, no. No. He just thoroughly enjoyed finally getting the opportunity one-on-one to absolutely brutalise Darby Allen. Taking so much from him before the bell created the reason why he was always in such an advantageous position because he's a heel, so it doesn't in any way diminish like Darby Allen's aura as a babyface. There was a massive, massive Brody Lee, Cody Rhodes vibe to this match. He, yeah. He kind of felt the spectre of a possible quick win for... Um, Andrade here because he was just being so violent. Those throws into the corner where Alan was getting folded up. I, again, couldn't hear it, but I felt like I could hear JR saying things like car wreck and cordwood <laughs> because of the way Darby Allen was just positioned under those under those bottom turnbuckles. Just absolutely brutal stuff from Andrade. Um, a, probably a more like a better version of the a more even-handed match they could have had because this wasn't really a back and forth this wasn't really you do your stuff I'll do mm. mine this was Darby Allen just occasionally fighting to survive <laughs> yeah. from a guy that was just joyous hell bent wasn't oh, he just so, like so enthusiastic in, in acting violence on Darby Allen that in what it's done in effect is add a new dimension to Andrade's character mm. this was less about the fairly protracted and laboured AFH or <laughs> whatever feud but more about showing you for one of the first times what it is exactly Andrade can do to a man. Mm. So I think going forward, this is beneficial for him when this feud inevitably comes to an end. I didn't love the closing angle. The Butcher and the Blade are fantastic. Yeah. The Hardys are still supremely over. As you say, those Swanton Bombs look <laughs> absolutely horrendous. I, I just don't need more of it. It's it's not even the first time this has been given the show closing no. big angle as well. So that you know they're obviously mad into it and fair play to them, I suppose. It just the match itself was captivating even if I wasn't wild for the yet again the pairings facing off like what more can they do we've got the Hardys versus who's it the Hardys in the tables match with the Butcher and the Blade yeah I don't want to stop spinning all this off yeah you've given us two bananas team brawls and a pretty incredible Dynamite main event where Andrade gets a win like you 50-50 this and it doesn't even feel like that yeah so just step away from it otherwise this ran at such a clip I don't know if this dynamite was match heavy. I don't know if it was just our circumstances tonight. It just absolutely raced by. Yeah, and the only, by. The only that, point yeah. where I was just like, ah, I guess the point was at the very, very end. Yeah. Because I just feel like I've seen all of this. Yeah, I think it's a fair assessment. Uh, let us know your yeah, thoughts yeah. on AEW Dynamite on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE, of course. Uh, watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet, and I want to thank, and I promised I would name-check him at the start of this podcast. I apologise for butchering your name. Nikhil Calhan, that's at Nikhil Calhan 92 who shouted, 2.0, out the window of a taxi. <laughs> Honestly, it was like... At the d- airport, wasn't it? A dog wanting fresh air. I just saw this face and some arms going, 2.0, as this taxi pulled away. While we went for at the airport, huge pop. So we are the twins. So yeah, it appears that Nikal Calhan ninety two is that we are the twins. And when I went to find this tweet, I've realised I've missed a tweet where he's asked which bar he's in. But I see that he found somewhere to watch. So as well, he's got his own dynamite in a bar pick. I love what it. What novelty this is for people from the UK to just get to watch wrestling just at a normal time of night in Dallas, a pub, Texas. no less. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Lots more coming your way over WrestleMania weekend, seeing as we are here, of course. Uh, and lots and lots to do. Uh, we'll be going to, to SmackDown. We're going to the Ring of Honor Super Show. 
Uh, we're going to Wale Mania, and we're of course going to WrestleCon along with all the usual good stuff, uh, including WrestleMania's Night 1 and Night 2 and the Raw after WrestleMania. We'll keep you posted on all of that. Uh, but keep up with everything on Twitter with us at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. And uh, yes, it's going to be in a very eventful few days, so keep your eyes peeled at what culture wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcast but for now this has been the aew dynamite review my thanks to michael hamlet thank you for joining us we're off to bed yeah after just just so long 25 hours 20, yeah 25 hours thanks for listening we'll see you soon i'm nick friedman i'm lee alec murray and i'm leah president and this is crunchyroll presents the anime effect We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.